Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Mark chapter 15 and verse 21, and they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. 911, what's your emergency? That's what the operator says, right? If you've ever dialed 911, that's what they're going to say. The man said, A guy just got hit by a car. I need an ambulance. The 911 operator said, That's horrible. What's your location? The man looks up at the street sign. He said, I'm. Uh, couldn't find the street sign, right? But he knows where he is. I'm on Eucalyptus Street. The operator said, okay, sir, can you spell that for me? Long, awkward pause. (laughs) (laughs) Operator, sir, are you there? Man, yes, I'm still here. I'm going to drag him over to Pine Street and call right back. (laughs) I would like to preach you... (laughs) I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, the pause button. The pause button. So there are moments in life when we all need to hit the pause button. So you see, life races on, and if we're not intentional and careful, we can lose joy, we can lose purpose, and you know, there's sometimes we just need to pause a lot of appointments, a lot of noise, and you see, I, I actually put my phone downstairs. I live in a place with two, and say, oh, preacher, what if someone calls? You know that we used to actually have phones that you hung on the wall? We didn't actually put them right next to us in our bathroom, right, everywhere that we go. That's, that's a new thing, unless you had a phone put in your bathroom. Some people are busy, right? But sometimes we overcommit ourselves and we undervalue the health of our own soul. It says in the Bible, it says in Psalm chapter 46, be still, what? And know that I am God. The same Holy Spirit uh, that was a rushing wind can also be a gentle breeze. But we need to push the pause button and sometimes hear the still small voice. Uh, You know, it's interesting, even in, in Psalms over and over, the word silah, which means a musical Pause. It was like the pause button. If you've ever heard us sing a chorus and they say, no music, it's like a pause in the music. And that actually gives emphasis to what you're singing. So you don't even hit it. it. Growing up, we had a VHS machine, okay? It played video cassettes. And you would hit the pause buttons, not the stop button, okay? You can't hit the stop button in life, right? If you're a kid, you can hold your breath and just, you know, but you can only do that for a few minutes, right? Because you can't, otherwise you'll just pass out and start to breathe again. But you can't hit the stop button in life. You can hit the pause button. And most people, they hit the pause button not because they don't want to do, they don't want to, it's not because they want to do nothing. And that's a misconception. See, a lot of times we think, well, if I hit the pause button, it's to do nothing. No. When did you hit the pause button? You hit the pause button to run out and go to the bathroom. You hit the pause button to answer the phone. You hit the pause button to do something beside the thing that you were doing right then. And when you come to the house of God, 
that's what you're really doing. You're hitting the pause button on, you know, cutting the lawn and fixing your plants and fixing whatever the back screen door that rubs every time that you open and close it. You're, you're hitting the pause button on cleaning the house and picking that one thing off the floor. If you have a child, there's always one thing on the floor. I was looking, my daughter was doing some crafts and I was like, ha, 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 ha. And I just had to walk away. Last night she made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, mm, she used a spoon. She got it out and it was all over the table, all over the plate. And I was like, man, I can't. So I walked into the kitchen to do something and I leaned up against the sink and then I leaned and it was like a, a murder scene. There was jelly all the way down the sink, right? And it was all over my pants. And I was like, I just had to leave. I had to go find somewhere else to go. But you know what? If you have children, there's always going to be something to clean up. But ants are well fed by kids because ants come out after the kids come by, right? Not ants and uncles, but the little ants, right? But you know that we were coming up on Memorial Day. And I went to a memorial service years ago. And the mother who had lost her marine son to a, a, a bomb... She spoke at the memorial service in Jacksonville. She said, my son would have wanted you to celebrate, but also to take time to remember. And that's what people were doing. They were hitting the pause button to remember. Memorial Day is not Veterans Day. Memorial Day celebrated tomorrow is those in our armed service who died, who gave or paid the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom that we enjoy. Hit the pause button. Yes. Who do you need? Oh, one, one, one parent for Leo being paged, and you're being made famous online, too. Amen. Thank God for parents. Amen. Amen. Thank God for parents. Parents don't get to pause that often. Amen. But you need to. You need to pause. And that's what you're doing today, coming to the house of God. And that's why we have a children's church, so parents can pause. So in our Bible reading, God really he dealt with our heart about this. And so... If you're familiar with Mark chapter 15, Jesus was getting ready to be crucified. So they had just tried giving Jesus a mock trial. And in Mark chapter 15, they had six, about 600 soldiers called a spira or a band. The word spira means coil, but... There were about 600 soldiers surrounding Jesus. And it said they clothed Jesus with a purple robe. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they began to salute him. And, you know, they were mocking him. And it said they smote him on the head with a reed and spit upon him. Now, I've been spit on and I've spit on people before, okay? My, my little sister, okay? Not grown, as a grown-up, but that's how you, as a kid, you... you it's worse than hitting someone. I'm not saying that I should, anyone should do it, but I had done it when I was a kid. And around Jesus, there were 600 people and they were spitting on him. And that's incredible. I've never, if you ever stopped or just paused to think about the, the humiliation that Jesus faced before his crucifixion. And the Bible says when they mocked him, they bowed, they, they mocked him and they worshiped like, oh God, oh God, we worship you. And then they had mocked him and they took the purple off. They put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. Well, at this time, Jesus had been mocked and he had been spit upon and beaten and whipped all night long. And so he was too weak to carry the cross 
So imagine them laying the cross, and I've read that the cross may have weighed 300 pounds. I don't know. Nobody knows exactly. There are different accounts. But as they laid that cross, Jesus just crumbled under that cross. And so uh, there was a man, the Bible said, Simon from a place called Cyrene. Cyrene was a town. It was a Greek city in Libya, in Africa. So he could have, now I don't know this man. His name was a Jewish name. He could have been a Jew that was living in the Greek colony in Libya. I was born in Kenya. And it doesn't mean that I'm black because I was born in Kenya. There was a Greek city, an ancient city. So he may have been a Jew. He may have been a Greek. We don't really know. One thing we do know, he was just passing by. He was going, maybe he was there for the Passover, which was happening. Jesus Christ was crucified on the Passover. But one thing we do know, he was just carrying on with his life. And he just kind of walked into history, just like Forrest Gump, right? Forrest Gump was always walking in to these big historical uh, occurrences. And here comes Simon of Cyrene just walking by. And one of these soldiers or one of the officials said, you. Now in the military... There's a word called volunteer that we don't understand. It's being voluntold. So, would you like to do this? And if you say no, they say, well, you're going to do it anyway. So I don't know how it was presented to Simon of Cyrene. Would you like to have duty this weekend? No. Well, okay, be here at 7 o'clock, right? I don't know how they said it. They compelled him, the Bible said, to carry the cross of Jesus. So, can you imagine this man? He's just going, I gotta, okay, I gotta go to this, I gotta go to the Passover service, I gotta pick up some some unleavened bread, I gotta go to the place and set up the wine because we're going to the you know Passover feast, and all of a sudden someone grabs him and throws him uh, under this huge heavy wood cross, and all of a sudden he's carrying it in the place of Jesus. So the first thing about the pause button I'd like to share is the first thing's. We pause to realize what's really going on. And you know that I'm thankful for timeouts. The Bible says, even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. John the Baptist wasn't there, but John the Baptist many years ago, he said when he saw Jesus, he said, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. That Jesus, when he was born, some people say, well, did Jesus get married? Jesus wasn't born to marry. Jesus wasn't born to start a business. Jesus came as our sacrifice. Jesus came to pay for the sins of you and of me. And uh, as as the cross was laid upon him, I don't know if there was the blood of Jesus staining that cross already or what the cross looked like, but I can imagine as he just recoiled at the reality of being so close to Jesus Christ, seeing him there probably crumbled on the ground or being dragged along to be crucified. And he might have said, what's going on? Man, when I came to church the first time, that's what I did. I came to church. I was not a Christian. And everyone began to worship God and praise God. And I began to look around and I was afraid. I I just kind of, I put my hands together and bowed my head and began to pray. That's all I knew to do. But I realized something was going on. I began to realize these people were worshiping a God who was real. You know, I'm thankful that the God that we worship, he's a real God. And the Bible says that as he began to experience the weight of the cross, maybe he looked around and said, what's going on? 
Maybe one of the women or one of the people said, this is Jesus. This is the one who said he was king of the Jews. This is the one that did many miracles. They're crucifying him. And maybe he began to say, what did he do wrong? He said he didn't do anything wrong. They, have, they found no fault. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. They released this man, Barabbas. He was a murderer. They released him in his place. So why are they crucifying him? They hate him. They want him dead. And you're carrying his cross. Maybe he got a gospel presentation. You know, sometimes when we come to the, uh, uh, the house of God, it's, and sometimes we've heard the gospel so many times, but sometimes it's someone's first time to hear the gospel. And when we pause, it's to realize, wait a second, why did Jesus die? There's something going on. You know, if Jesus didn't have to die, he wouldn't have died. If Jesus could have sent an angel from heaven, but he didn't. If Jesus could have uh, sent a, 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 an animal that was a lamb, but you see, the Passover only pushed the sins and the Day of Atonement to the next year. And every year, the Jews would have to have another sacrifice because the sins could only be atoned for by a man because the sin nature was started by a man. That's why Jesus was born of a virgin. He was 100% God. But he's also 100% man. And as, he was, as Simon was carrying the cross, no doubt he began to pause to realize. You know, and then also he probably paused to reflect on his life. You know, sometimes we choose the pause. And sometimes, have you ever had life put a pause button on you? Maybe one day you just wound up in the hospital. You know, you're running, you're running, you're running, you're running, you're running, and, and God's like, pause. <laughs> and then you're on your back, and everyone's coming to visit you. It's like, hey, pastor. You know, and it just seems like it happens that way. And I've known it. I, I was running for the Bible school and running for God, and then I drove my car asleep and crashed it into a dump truck. And all of a sudden, I was on my back. Where was your car? It was a four-wheeler. And then it became a three-wheeler after I hit the dump truck. It was a Saturn. It got sent into orbit, okay? But what happened? I got the pause button, and I got my jaw broke, and I got to be uh, out of uh, work for a couple of months. What did you do? I had some time to reflect. I had some time to think about it's important to sleep. It's important to get enough sleep. But you see, as he was carrying the cross, he was probably thinking about the life that he was living. Am I just running back and running forth? Or is, am I living a life of purpose? I remember speaking to a gentleman on an airplane. And he was a businessman. And he, he found out I was a... a Bible school student, I think, at the time. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I've, I've made some good choices. He said, I got some good investments. He said, I, I built my dream house. I've got my old truck. And I don't even know if he was from the South, right? But he said, I got my truck. He said, I've made some good investments. I'm married. Uh, he was a younger man, maybe in his 50s, and that's young. But then he looked at me. And he looked at me and he said, but what now? You know, after you've achieved all the dreams down here, you've gotten the house and you've gotten the car and the kids are in college, there is going to be something missing in your life if Jesus is not there. You see, because there's when God makes us, he makes us with a God-shaped hole. And unless there is uh, Jesus Christ filling that hole, 
everything, whether it's a career or money or investments, there's going to be something missing. And when we come to the house of God, we have to pause to reflect upon our life and say, is my life full of joy? Because you see, when Jesus came, it says in 1 John, these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. That when Jesus comes, he comes to fill up your joy and fill up your peace and fill you up with forgiveness. You know what happens when you get forgiven? It makes you forgiving. You know, if someone just came to you, if you've got a mortgage on your house and said, hey, your house is paid off. I got you. Man, wouldn't that be wonderful? Like if someone just like the, the, the guy with the big check, Ed McMahon or whatever, I think is it Ed McMahon? Hey, you won the sweepstakes, right? You have this big million dollar check. Hopefully that would pay your house off, okay? If not, okay, two million dollar check, right? Pay your house off. And if you think, that preacher, that's so much money. They're building million dollar houses down the street like it's going out of style. The housing market is on fire. So a million dollar house is not that special anymore. So you get that million dollar check, two million dollar check, and you pay your house off. And then, you know, some kid scuffs your rim with his bicycle. What you gonna do? That's all right. You know why? Because I feel pretty forgiven because I have just been forgiven. When you realize that Jesus' blood can wash you and cleanse you from all sin, that he forgives you from all sin, that God has wiped out the transgressions, he's cast all your sins behind his, his back. It makes you just like, you know what? Someone said that to me. That's okay. If someone uh, was disagreeing with me on the phone, uh, they haven't been to church, but they were disagreeing with me. And I said, okay, I said, we care about you. And you said, well, preacher, but they weren't speaking things nice to you. But you know what Jesus said? He said, but I say unto you, he said, love your enemies. He said, love them, do good unto them, pray for them. He said, bless them. Why? That you may be the children of your father. Because you see that God has given me a second chance and a third chance and a has God ever given you a second chance? How about a third chance? How about a seventh chance? How about a 70 times seven chance? You know that God's given me those chances. I think other people should be given a chance. I was thinking about the other day, I didn't give my daughter a chance as she's trying to make her uh, jelly sandwich and there's jelly everywhere, like an atomic bomb of jelly all over the, and I was like, wow. Uh, I think I was a little bit too hard on my daughter. My wife's, my wife. You know, it's easy to be critical of someone else and then you realize that you need the same grace in another area of your life. You know, that, that when we pause, we can reflect that, you know what, let me give grace to someone else. They might be struggling where I have it all put together, but I might be struggling in another place and I need the same grace of God that they need from me right now. Amen? Pause to reflect. As he was carrying... That cross, you know, sometimes you think that life is hard, but then it gets really hard. You know what I mean? It's like, preacher, I came to church in an old car. I know, but you came to church in a car, right? Praise God. Not many of us walk to church. This is America. You came to church, many of you, with what? Air conditioning in your car. Amen? Not that 4W55. You know what that is? Four windows down. 55 miles an hour, right? That's what we used to have for air conditioning. Drive, drive, so we get the air, right? But I'm thankful. And then when your car breaks down, then you're walking to church or you're hoofing it, your clothes are all soaked. But I'm, yeah. Lisa. 
Miss Misa. Miss Misa, you're being paid. Miss Misa. But when we reflect on how good we have it and say, God, thank you. And when you come to the house of God, say, God, thank you for my house. You know, God, have you ever just taken a little bit of time? And I have done this. Just, just thank God for all the blessings that he's given you. And name them. Thank God for my husband. Thank God for my wife. Thank God for my hands. Thank God for the food that I have. In my, in, thank God for my clothes. Thank God for that my rent's been paid. My mortgage has been paid. Thank God for the gas in my car. Say, preacher, but it's a quarter tank. Thank God for a quarter tank of gas. God, thank God for my tires. Thank God. And you begin to thank God for all these things, and it changes your attitude. And say, wait a second, God, you've given me so much. Thank God for forgiveness, for answered prayer. And then it causes us, last, the pause button causes us to realize what's going on, to reflect on our life. And then, see, it only happened that he was carrying Jesus' cross for just a short time because we know that Jesus was crucified on the cross. But as he stood back and he probably had blood that was all over his clothes from that cross, the third thing the pause button spiritually should cause us to do is to react, to make a change in our life. And you see, he carried the cross, but he wasn't crucified. You know, sometimes we come to the house of God, we might hear something that impacts us, but when the pause button's let up, we're going, to be, we're going to be right out the door. And we can go back to our busy lives. But will there be a change? Will there be a reaction? I remember listening to a, uh, like a testimony of a lady. I think she was in India. Uh, she was an invalid, which means she was hurt so bad she could not move. She had to care for her kids, but she couldn't work because she was so debilitated physically. So she was basically laying down. Well, they were doing a gospel presentation. And so they brought her to this gospel presentation and she heard about Jesus Christ. And she heard about Jesus Christ's love and that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of her sins. She didn't know Jesus, but not only did she get saved, but she also got healed. She got up out of her bed and she was able to get a job and care for her kids. And he said, preacher, what is that? Well, I was listening to that. Now, I'm a Christian. I'm a preacher. But I was working in construction at the time. My back hurt. I mean, it hurt. Uh, if you've never hurt your back, that doesn't mean anything to you, okay? If you have hurt your back, you'd be like, that's not like hurting your toe, okay? Hurting your back. You know what the most comfortable position to sleep in is when you hurt your back? Ain't no comfortable position, okay? you just always going to be in pain, right? And I was listening to that, and I remember being at a gas station on Lane and I-10. I think it's called the Speedway now. And I was just right next to my work truck, and I said, you know what? I said, I claim that healing right now. And my back was hurt, and I just claimed it, and then I began to jump up and down. And guess what? God healed my back right there. Just right there. So, preacher, what did you do? I realized that this Jesus that was being preached about on the radio, he's my savior. And that by his stripes, 
I am healed. And that so many times we say, well, you know, it's for someone else or this one. Jesus isn't just for salvation. Jesus is for healing. Healing is the children's bread. And I reacted into when you react to the gospel and react to the cross, you realize Jesus is alive. And I remember the power of God that was evidenced in my body right then. And you know that God can do the same thing in our lives when we hit the pause button and say, wait a second. God is alive and God's power is real. And you know what? God can heal even today. So preacher, what kind of things can he heal? Well, what can he do for you? What will you believe him for? God is a healer. You see, as uh, I, I begin to close, my wife comes to the piano. It's interesting that it, it, the, the writer, Mark, of this gospel says that Simon was a Cyrenian. We don't know that much about him. There's some traditions. But it says he was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Say, preacher, who are they? I don't know. But I want to put this out for your consideration. I read at least one source where it's possible that these men could have been well-known in the Christian community. That's why they just said, oh, Alexander and Rufus, I know them. Like if someone mentions to you the name Prince or Madonna or Arnold, everyone knows who they are, right? Just one name. And at the time of the writing of this gospel, I'm not saying that I know this for a fact, but these men could have been well-known in Christian circles. You know what that means? If that's the case, that means their dad, Simon, could have chosen to give his life to Jesus and teach his sons about God. And his sons would have gone and become workers for God and would have been known far and wide, even in the writing of this gospel, because of that pause button. But with heads bowed and eyes closed in reverence to the Lord, hit the pause button. And you came to the house of God realize that you don't have to struggle. God did the struggling. And he wants you to enjoy the blessings. Reflect and see, say, where's my life going? Where's my energy going? Where's my talent going? And then to make a reaction. Say, preacher, when I undo the pause button, is my life gonna be different? I believe Simon went back to Libya, a changed man because of his experience with Jesus. And the service will be over in just a few minutes, but we can have a reaction. Say, wait, Jesus, can you heal me on a Sunday morning? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Let's find a place to pray. Have your way, Jesus. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a savior. Jesus rose from the dead. And say, well, preacher, what do I need? You need to claim the name of Jesus. There's power and authority in the name. There is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. There's no higher name than the name of Jesus. It's a name that is above every name that is given. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. There's no greater spiritual authority than the name of Jesus. If you need peace in your mind, the name of Jesus. If you need peace in your house or in a relationship, the name of Jesus. Hit the pause button and confess the name of Jesus over your life, over the purposes in your life. So you may.
Father, I preach, Lord, let the pause button have an effect and a positive reaction in all of our lives. Amen. 